Welcome to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination 1919. For people in Taiwan in the early years of the 20th century, the exciting new world of aviation must have felt like something distant from their lives. The early pioneers of flying could count pilots from many nationalities among their ranks. But none of them came from Taiwan, an island that had recently been brought under the colonial rule of Japan. Then, a young man from Taichung came along and changed that. This is his story. The story of Taiwan's first pilot. Some people say it all began around 1917. An American aviator called Art Smith came to Taiwan during a tour of Asia. There, in a crowd, watching Smith give a demonstration flight was a teenager called Xie Wenda. It seems this experience may have changed Xie's life. He made up his mind that he too would take to the air one day, and in 1919, after graduating from middle school, he packed up and left home for flight school in Japan. A brief notice in the April 22nd edition of the Taiwan Daily News that year notes that his family had been against the idea. But with the support of his school's principal, he went on his way and graduated quickly with distinction. In 1920, the fresh-faced pilot took third place at a civilian air competition organized by the Japanese Imperial Aviation Association. A month later, he was back in Taiwan, celebrated wherever he went as a hero. In an era of colonial subjugation, he showed that a local boy from central Taiwan could hold his own against the rest. Like Smith, just a few years before, Xie was now making demonstration flights of his own over Taiwan. He did this over a series of three aerial shows, including one at an airfield in Taichung, near where he'd grown up. It was a triumph, and the public reacted accordingly. Taiwan's people threw together the funds to buy him an airplane of his own, an airplane that would be dubbed the Taipei. Xie didn't let them down. In 1922, he made Taiwan proud again and won a prize of 3,000 yen for completing a race between Tokyo and Osaka and back again. He finished each leg of this trip in just under four hours. Among Xie's strongest backers were the leaders of a new cultural and political movement that swept Taiwan during the 1920s. When Xie was born, it had only been around five years since Japan took control of Taiwan from Imperial China. By the early 1920s, though, Japanese rule was approaching the 30-year mark, and some Taiwanese voices began to emerge, calling for change, the advancement of Taiwanese culture, and even home rule for the island. In 1923, Taiwanese students launched protests in Tokyo, calling for a Taiwanese parliament. Xie Wenda was on the scene too. He took to the skies above the city in his plane, the Taipei, on a risky mission. It wasn't the flight itself that was the danger. Instead, it was the cargo. Piles of leaflets he planned to drop onto the streets of Tokyo. 
The people of Taiwan have long groaned under tyrannical government, one of them cried. Give Taiwanese people an assembly, another demanded. In an age with so few Taiwanese pilots, it wouldn't have been difficult to figure out who scattered these thousands of messages. After this incident, Xie Wenda left for self-imposed exile in China, leaving his airplane and his flying license behind. Since he left so suddenly, there seems at first to have been some confusion about what had happened to him. Had Taiwan's first pilot hung up his wings? Maybe not after all. A report came out suggesting that Xie Wenda had joined the air force of a Manchurian warlord. He seems to have gotten wind of this story himself, because a letter signed with his name was printed in the Taiwan Daily News, one of the papers that had carried the story. The letter said he had not joined a warlord military, and that he was instead recovering quietly from an illness at a hospital in China's northeast. The recovery went well, and the one part of the story the papers got right was that Xie Wenda's flying days weren't over yet. He never fought for a warlord, but he did join the military, serving as a pilot in the Republic of China Armed Forces. Apparently, with his flying experience, his services were also in demand elsewhere. At one point, he was the head of the Nanchang Airport and also served as an instructor at the Guangzhou Flight School. In the midst of all of this, he returned to Japan in 1925 in search of aircraft parts. His earlier letter denying he'd joined up with a warlord also included talk of proletarian consciousness, and he used the letter to refute other rumors that had been swirling about him as well. Talk that he'd sold himself to the bourgeoisie in order to get his flying career off the ground. Perhaps because of this, it was suspected he'd come back to Japan to spread communist propaganda, and he was held and interrogated by the police. In the end, though, the Japanese police let him go for lack of evidence, and he returned to China. There, he continued to fly until 1930. That year, while flying a mission during an expedition against a warlord, a forced landing left him injured and unable to fly anymore. After two years of recovery, he ended his flying career and retired from military life, having achieved the rank of lieutenant colonel. Xie Wenda turned his attention to business, with work in Shanghai and Nanjing keeping him busy. Since his arrival in China, he had also become involved in several Taiwanese organizations, including one source says those opposed to Japanese rule on the island. In 1937, war broke out between Japan and China. It was a war that saw Taiwanese people fight on both sides. Though unable to fly anymore, Xie Wenda, for his part, seems to have remained on the side of the Republic of China. After the war, 50 years of Japanese rule on Taiwan suddenly came to an end. However, without a common external enemy to divert their attention from one another, an earlier conflict between Republic of China forces and Chinese communists could now resume. Despite the letter Xie Wenda once wrote to the Taiwan Daily News defending his proletarian credentials, he doesn't seem to have joined the communist cause. In 1949, when Republic of China forces retreated to Taiwan, he went with them, returning back home. Once back in Taiwan, his career in business continued with a stint as the head of the Taiwan Machinery Factory. 
His career also took another turn, this time from business to politics, as he got a place on the Taiwan Provincial Consultative Council. It seems that the teenager who had once made up his mind to fly had had his fill of adventure and decided now to live out the rest of his life quietly. He'd gone back home to Taiwan, and it said that he never drew much attention to his past glories. Taiwan's pioneer of single-engine propellers passed away in 1983 in an age of jumbo jets and commercial flight around the globe. In Taiwan today, there are sadly few reminders of this life. While Xie is acknowledged as the first Taiwanese pilot, there is little in the way of a memorial to him. And outside the papers of his own day, little in Taiwan has been published about him either. Still, nearly a hundred years after he first left the ground, there are a few writers and bloggers who remember him for what he was. A daredevil winner of races and competitions, and someone who showed the world what a determined young man from Taiwan could achieve. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time. Country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan.